0: Welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. We come to you from all around Australia, and today we are coming to you with a guest from Canberra. He is known as the Duke of Canberra. He is the head coach of Progression MMA, and he is Duke Didier. Thanks for joining us,
1: Duke. Thanks for having me, guys. Very exciting. Awesome, man. I love the color scheme of your gym. I've not seen greens used in in you know, MMA gyms and stuff. And I like, like, I'm a, a fan of like Kawasaki motorbikes, you know, that's a big part of my childhood, all that sort of stuff. But that green really pops out at me, man. So well done. It looks awesome.
2: Thank you. Well, there was a bit of thought going into the green. So, um, firstly, my fight uniforms, I always wore black and green. So that was the first thing that came into it. And then um, I linked up with Pat Ratura at Fuji Mats. Oh. Um, and he was awesome. And so these, the, I think we're the only ones in Australia with this green. Um, so it's sort of tick two boxes for me, and then um, it, we're in we're in uh, we're in Canberra territory down here, so the Canberra Raiders are black and green too. So it's uh, it's beautiful, mate. It's, it's yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely all tied in nicely. And we had a bit of time, and I put a bit of thought into how I want the gym to look, not just for what I want it to have inside of it. So um, I feel like if you've got a um, aesthetically pleasing gym, you're more likely to show up and train. So that was something that I, um yeah, we had a bit of that's, time to put a bit of thought proven, in.
1: man. Like that is no joke, I, yeah. 100%. There's a lot 100%. of gyms that just don't put any effort in and you just see, they get the stragglers who show up. They don't, they're not like growing, like, a nice environment. Uh, that's all the difference.
2: 100%. Yeah, I've trained, in, I've trained in all kinds of gyms all over the world. Um, and look, they're... The the aesthetics don't make the place, but geez, they help. Um, And that's the kind of thing I want. I I want no barriers to come in to train, no excuses. And um, if we've got aircon and heating, so there's no excuses. If it's cold, if it's hot, it's warm and welcoming, and it's pretty nice and fun to look at. So that was sort of my idea on that.
1: Turn on the aircon for the students.
2: Come on, man. Yeah, we're spoiling them here. We're spoiling them. Canberra's getting spoiled. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Love it, man.
0: Andrew, you talked about the, um, the green popping out to you. What uh, got my attention popping out is your shoulders, Duke. I mean, I sometimes get comments about <laughs> my shoulders, but jeez. Tell us about your, uh, your strength and conditioning training. What, what do you do? What's, what's like a typical yeah. week look like for you with, in terms of your training?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. So um, uh, my, my uh, strength and conditioning took a bit of an overhaul about two years ago. Um, and I linked up with the combat osteo, Luke Smith. Uh, down in Melbourne, he's running out of renegade MMA um, and mixed osteo. So I initially came into him hobbling with um, probably the worst lower back pain. I didn't think I'd be able to compete anymore, so I was quite worried. Firstly, just about being able to keep ticking along. Um, and not only did he help me with my uh, my chronic back pain, but um, he ended up taking over my strength and conditioning as well. Um, and we've built up sort of, I'm a completely different version of I was uh, of what I was three years ago. Wow. Um, I will do strength and conditioning. So I'll do strength two days a week, conditioning probably one or two days a week on top of obviously your specific sport trainings. So oh. I've always put a big emphasis. When I was younger, my, um, my father, he played for the Wallabies and the Brumbies in rugby union. Um, and he, sort of, he was a prop. With a, and if you're not sure about rugby positions, prop's the biggest one with the no neck. Um, and he, in the 80s and the 70s, there weren't many lifting weights. And so he got his sport, sort of um, point of difference by lifting weights and being one of the strongest guys um, and when I started out my judo career, when I, when, I, when I was coming through and when I started into my late teens, I sort of took the same approach. I might not have been the most technical. I might not have been the most gifted, but I became one of the strongest um, and my defence was great. So that got me sort of – got my foot in the door on the international scene. And, um, yeah, yeah. I put a big, big emphasis on strength and conditioning. I think it's um, – and even if you're not competing, I think it's the most important thing to just keep on moving. If you don't move, you you die. Yeah.
0: I agree. So, what, were
1: you were you not doing any strength and conditioning before you went to see this this guy, or oh, what?
2: did no, it? Like? How has de- it changed? Yeah, yeah. So, I was definitely doing um, strength and conditioning, but it was more of that sort of hypertrophy weights, where it was sort of I was doing more of a bodybuilding style weights, which is, hey, it's proven you put on the muscle. But um, we started working on more specific movements for fighters. Um, we still we we were doing different blocks. Um, he was putting me through. Um, what's the what was it where we're pushing? see, I'm not smart enough to break down what I was doing, and I was just doing what I was told. That's
0: but, all I agree
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, hey, I tell you what, get Smitty on, get Smitty on the podcast because yeah. I'm not doing him justice here. But some of the stuff we were doing, he's, he he's taken from uh combat sports all over the world. But he also took, I remember one thing he was saying, oh, this is what the this is what the um uh Chicago Bulls were doing in the 90s and. Uh, isometric that's the word i was looking for we're doing doing isometric holds um we're doing uneven weights so we'd have dumbbells hanging off um hanging off the the barbells um so it gets used to like it's like you're moving a human and it was when i was doing a zercher squat zercher being across your arms Mm -hmm. doing a zercher squat with the uneven dumbbells um, hanging off the barbell it's the closest thing i've had to you know what i feel like when i'm sort of picking up a human so Wow. Uh, I definitely put a, I put a lot of stock into what I learned down there with um, with Smitty, and also I have the worst hips. I have I have a 80 year old man hips. I, I I saw my sports doctor, Mitch. He was shocked that I've got this far. He says I treat my body like a rental car. <laughs> um, so I put a lot of I'm putting a lot more emphasis on um, recovery, and also just mobility as, um, as a whole. So I'll do sauna and ice bath once a week, try and do twice with the sauna and um, mobility. I'm just trying to get these hips moving a little bit better. So. so yeah.
1: are, you, are you in pain now or as, as what you, like where on the scale are you now?
2: Of, I'm, I saw, so when I came to see Smitty, I was probably uh, at a nine out of 10 in pain,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like literally like couldn't stand while I was doing my boxing. I said, this is out of control. Um, and it was probably the worst that was it had got, and it was just because I'd come off that injury and coming back to a big training block down in down at Resilience when um all the UFC guys were tuning through there. So it was one of those you know fight or flight sort of situations where I had to make sure I was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'd say I'm at a, probably a two or a three. I still wake wow. up very sore, but I have a cold shower every morning, and I feel that takes um it takes the the inflammation out of me in the morning, helps me wake up. And it also three takes of that. us.
1: All three of us have cold showers every day in this. I, exactly, yeah.
2: I, uh, we're in the cult. Good, good. I'm Go glad on. you guys Jukes like it. in too. Canberra, yeah.
0: You're still doing that through their winters, or?
2: <laughs> uh, this will be my first winter in Canberra. I've been obviously I was down in um South Melbourne until December, so. Yeah. Uh, I did it all through Melbourne Winter last year and, I, <laughs> okay. and I, it helps. It, it, I know it helps. So it's, it's it's easier to do when you get an immediate result. It's not a long-term result, which it probably yeah. is, but I feel immediately better after yes. I after I do it. So Absolutely. it's just about psyching yourself up. And, I mean, um, I, I psych myself up to do a lot harder things than I get a bit cold in the morning. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah.
1: 100% with the with the back pain right i'm really fascinated about this because i had that pain until i was like a blue belt and then yes like, I, I probably should be further along i'm still a purple belt but i've been doing it for a <laughs> longer than a purple belt should have so <laughs> pain in like in my back in like a decade or something like that right and it's like yes it's jujitsu for me that gives that frees me up from back pain for some reason right <laughs> i don't do any weights really um but like it, so, it cured my back pain. What actually cured your back pain was it stopping doing weights the old way, or was it these new techniques you've got, or is it a combination of everything? Like, what do you think is the source of get, dealing with this back pain? So
2: uh, exactly what changing changing my program was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd I'd put the the sort of the most down to I got treated by you know leading osteo, you know every week sometimes more. Possibly more uh, every, you know, every couple of days, and having the same strength conditioning coach as my, uh, you know, my rehabilitation coach, everything I was doing for these couple of years was tailored around not aggravating my back.
0: Right.
2: So with with a with a lot of careful analysis and um, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't done overnight, but um, and a lot of stretching and a lot of my own mobility. I think that was the big thing. And um, I also have started to identify what brings it on, which is, you know, I'm, at, I'm six foot four and 105 kilos. When I take a long car drive, I know it's going it's, things are going to flare up. So I have to just make sure things are in place and I'm doing my stretching and just basic, basically overall just looking after yourself and it definitely helps a lot more. And you're right, the more you move, usually the less it chocks up so when i feel like i'm not doing as much oh and the one more the most important thing i think uh well the second most important thing so uh luke was doing all this work on my back um at combat osteo mixed osteo but i was going home to a bad mattress so i got a a, Mm. a much better mattress i got a sleeping duck mattress so Mm. all the work he was doing wasn't getting undone when i went to bed that night Interesting. Um, and a, a firm mattress made all the difference. And that was referred to me by an, another judo player, Liam, uh, Liam Park at Resilience. And he's a big fella too. And he had back issues and he said it, it, it changed uh, sort of his trajectory as well. And um, yeah. yeah, I'd put down very, very important to keep, when you have a lower back pain, just check what mattress you're sleeping on.
1: Very interesting.
0: And Duke, like we, obviously you're, um, You've had your, your injuries and your issues, but you're a really accomplished grappler, a really accomplished um, fighter. Anton, can you, like, put into YouTube and share mm-hmm. your screen with maybe some of the stuff that you've done? So um, yeah. you've, you've been on one one championship?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've signed to them for a six-fight deal, so i hopefully be back on to them once this, once um, I find my feet after this gym. And, yeah, so I thought yeah. it won. And, and yeah, you've been on BOA,
0: you've been on a heap of other um, grappling cards. I think BOA was where I so saw you've had uh, a couple of like really great, really great fights. I don't know which, yeah. which one are we going to share. We right. probably um, should have checked this before. I'm, I'm
1: just checking his record <laughs> at the moment. So eight and two and oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. An eight and
0: two.
2: My fight, my fight on one, oh, it was a split decision loss. I'll be diplomatic and say, um, uh, yeah, I thought I won that one. Uh, I, was, I, was, I took it on five days notice um, and I had, you know, two, two, two and a half rounds of control time. Um, but I didn't listen in the rules meeting where um, I thought the knees to the head were outlawed again in one, but they were still in. So right. I went for a double leg near the end there and I copped a couple of knees to the head. And in, um, in one, if they think you're closer to finishing the fight, they, they'll score the whole. They don't, round, they don't score it round by round. They score it the whole fight. So I controlled him for two and a half rounds, and then they stood me up in the in the third round, and then he, he landed a couple of knees, and they they've cooked me there.
0: Wow. But,
2: um. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been. Yeah. I've been. Uh, I've been doing mixed martial arts for oh, over ten years now, and I.
0: But um, i bet twenty five years. Twenty five years I've been doing um wow. combat
2: sports. I've I started so the well, judo. You didn't have yeah, a... Yeah. So
0: you also went to the Commonwealth Games, for judo. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Yeah,
2: that's correct. Um, I went to the Commonwealth Games, I was shadow, I was a alternate for the Olympics in, in Rio, I went to three world titles for judo, um, I got to travel the whole world in judo, I went, I went to all the crazy countries, I went to Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan twice in one year, Tunisia, all over Japan, I've been to Japan 20 times, um, wow. Europe, Asia, I fought on six continents, so I've, um, I've before I even, you know, entered the, the jiu-jitsu space, and um, I, I'd already sort of had my fair share of combat sports experience. And um, that was obviously why I sort of, I got to go through the ranks reasonably quickly. Mm -hmm. um not i was not rushed by any means i think it took me still 11 or 10 or 11 years to get my black belt in jiu-jitsu but i kept i was really 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 um insistent that i wanted to compete at black belt i wanted to see how i went because i hated that i'd win a colored belt and it just didn't feel like i was really you know winning because uh it's sort of like winning a third grade rugby game or sort of something like that i was sort of I, i didn't like winning when i saw there was other people uh that were better than me competing, and I wasn't even allowed to have a crack at them. And um, so this year at the Pan Pacs was a really, really good eye opener for myself. Um, I, uh, I in the gee, I didn't do very well. I lost, and then in the in no game my division, I, I lost to Daniel Schuart, First time he subbed me. It's, uh, I lost lost by points, three points to him. One one fight, and then we've had a draw in the gi, and then and he subbed me. So fair fair play to Daniel. And then um, I was like, oh, what am I? And then I lost to Euros as well. I went, what am I even doing here? Um, and then uh, I went in the open, and I said to my coach ninos I said, I don't even know. You're only allowed two people in the open for black belt adults. Like, you, you don't don't waste it on me. And he said, no no, I think you can do it. And I, uh, you know, I went in there and. Um, got a win over um, Jesse Smith, Anton Menenko, and then George Sotteropoulos in the final. And, and, you know, on the Pampax at the yeah. the uh, the adult snow gear open. So that was, that wow. made me sort of, you know, cement where I wanted to be in um, jujitsu. And it sort of ticked another box for me, sort of saying that I've sort of, that's the third combat sport that I can truly say that I'm competitive at um, at a high level, which, is, which was really, really assuring to me as I'm yeah, about to open my, oh, I've opened my academy. So I want to be able to practice yeah. what I preach.
1: Yeah That's for sure. Amazing. And it says here in your history that you nearly had a fight with uh Jacob Malcoon. He's the guy. He's in the UFC now, right? That guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was well, not more, more I think I was closest you can ever get. We got to the weigh-in at the AO Arena. Um I was defending my brace uh Australian title. That was before the it was brace was on UFC Fight Pass back then. That was sort of the main before Eternal and um, and, and Hex were really. Brace was sort of the, the, the main, the main deal. And I was, um, I was Australian light heavyweight champion.
1: Oh, cool. we just lost you. Um, oh, we lost your
0: audio. Um, oh, there we
1: go. Oh, we still don't have you back. Oh, still so we can't hear you, Jake. Hold on, we don't
0: have you. We don't have you. Maybe you press mute, and now we need you to unmute.
1: No, I think you just got a call.
0: Oh, yeah, but usually the video loses. There we go. Uh,
1: there oh, you. yeah, we're good. Have I got nice. you back? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. Sorry, wait. Uh, All right. Now there's music in the background. Oh, really? It's not on my end. Yep. Own. Can you hear us? And you answered the call and you. you you've
0: See, got we're something. the masters of the technical issues, aren't we, Angel? We had a couple <laughs> yeah. last time as well. What's going on?
1: I'll just you tell you. us now. Keep us entertained. <laughs> <laughs> you can put on the shirt again, otherwise. No? <laughs> That's, That's right. Oh, want to tell the start, <laughs> oh, now we've got his music. I can hear your music now. Can you
0: hear the music? What? Yeah, no, so right now we can hear you. Can you hear all us? Right. Let me put this back on. All
1: right. All right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Theo, don't edit this
0: out, bro. This is awesome. Keep it. Keep it. We're just talking yeah. to our editor. Yeah. It's all
1: part of the authenticity of this podcast. Yeah, can, you, can you edit that out? Or I mean, we can. Can't I mean, we will. It's nice, man. Okay. Yeah.
2: Sorry, i turned my phone off. I thought it was on Do Not Disturb. Um, yeah, with Jacob, <laughs> okay. uh, we, we got to the weigh-in at, uh, when I was fighting Jacob Malpun. I was um, on wait. Everyone was on wait. And then the commission called it off, cancelled the whole show. Why right? Um, yeah. The promoter, the promoter hadn't um, registered some of the fighters, um, oh, wow. and Brace actually went up, went under straight after that show. So right. I didn't get paid. A lot of people didn't get paid. I was That's... like, I'm, look, I'm not, I don't have any resentment to anyone, but um, yeah, it was the fight that never happened. I had a few uh, mm-hmm. that sort of fell through in that short space of time. Yeah. Um, it's it's very messy the regional regional scene. Mm. Um, there's not much accountability and there's no sort of assurance. So it's that. Between getting to that international contract um, and starting out after your amateur career, it's a very, very hard slog. And I know a lot, couple of fighters in that stage now. Um, you may see them. It's probably the hardest of, of any position because when you're yep. starting out as a pro, it's all, it's all new and it's all exciting. Once you're at that, you know, especially if you've got a loss on your record. So if you're at that six and one, seven and one, you know you're at that level, but you haven't got a look in yet. Um, and it's very hard to get a fight when you're that level. Mm. Everyone's picking and choosing. So um, I was very relieved once I um, once I knew I wouldn't have to fight regionally again. Mm. Um, and I just the, my friends that I'm sort of that I trained with down in um, down in Melbourne. I, I just I hope that it happens to all of them because I don't want to see you know you're working other jobs and and um, uh, you know barely scraping by because you've got to prioritize your tra- training and training's is at daytime usually for pros. So you're not able to just work a normal job. you know know, i i I had a I I have a marketing degree and i worked full-time before i moved to melbourne and and i was forced to sort of initially work um work a sort of a low-level you know tele tele sales job Mm -hmm. um and then after that i was able to move into coaching at um complete mma and um -hmm. and sort of i as someone new to melbourne i was able to quickly actually build up sort of um a good reputation as a coach and able to run privates but that doesn't necessarily happen for everyone so um
1: really good book called the dip right it's a really little read but it kind of summarizes what you're talking about it's like things that are worthwhile achieving in life they they start off and they're and you feel great right and then it gets really hard and a lot of people will quit in fact the whole process is designed to just have so many people quit that only the best make it through and the most resourceful yeah. and the ones who are willing to bust themselves and make sacrifices, the dip will have you quit because that's the nature of the design. And that's why the people at the top get the big money and the great results and all that stuff because they didn't quit, you know. And, yeah, yeah no, and I, I like that. It, man. Yeah.
2: I like that because that's exactly what I've experienced. I'm, I've experienced that sort of twice now. I did that in judo once and um, MMA. And it's, yeah. it's nice that I'm sort of at the end of the dip because um, – yeah. I I never I never was the most talented, but I did stick it out a lot longer than some of the guys that were more talented than me. I saw I've have seen many 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 talented wow. um, combat sports athletes come and go, um, and the fact that I just remained consistent um, and dedicated uh, sort of out sort of uh, outworked I outworked my talent, and yeah. to the point now where I, I so I, I sort of was able to catch up, and now I do have a bit of talent um through okay. years and years of just stubbornness and uh yeah That's and not great. pissing off
1: that is it. <laughs> there's a name for this and, podcast in there somewhere i like it a lot
0: like <laughs> <Yeah>. you always <laughs> want to find a tagline so I think yeah. you just us us one yeah. um That's great. and so what took you to canberra like you said that you came to melbourne where was that yeah. from and then how did you end up in canberra
1: yeah most of
0: i'm bought yeah, yeah.
2: I'm born, I'm born bred and fed Canberra. So I grew up in Canberra. I, uh, I lived in Canberra till I was 27, 28. And then- uh, okay. And then you moved to and Melbourne was, and then now you come back. Yeah, out. so I did my, the majority of my, uh, my start of my career, all my judo, um, all of that was basically in Canberra sort of, and I think that, but the issue, and this is what took me to Melbourne was, uh, I only had one real main training partner and that was Ben Edwards. He's a, um, a K1 kickboxer, he was top five in glory.
1: Um, and he was
2: he was turning pro at the same time that I sort of was trying to make a run at MMA. So he was he would run my striking, I would run his grappling. Um, sort of a little match made in heaven for a little while there. But then it got to the point where that's not enough, and I needed high level grapplers, and he needed high level strikers. So um, to to work with that. So um, I had the relationship with Daniel Kelly um, very very long ago. Um, he was. Um, I met him, I think it would have been 2006 or 2005, I met Daniel um, on a judo trip to, I was in the junior Australian team to uh, the US Open. Um, and it's, we we ended up being opponents for a little while um, on the regional scene. And then um, Daniel took over the junior uh, Australian judo team in about 2010. Um, and then in 2016, when I was, uh, 2015, when I was looking to you know, I was on the, I was on the Australian team and I was looking to qualify for Rio. Daniel sort of took ownership of my judo program um, and at that same time Daniel was in the UFC. so uh, once that all happened I was able to sort of Daniel was giving me the push to come down to Melbourne and I, um, I eventually it took him about three four years but I eventually made the made the leap from going from the big fish into a little pond to um, a tadpole in a big pond,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: um, uh, and I look honestly, it was probably the best thing that I've ever done in my life. So I, I saw a lot of hardship, and I probably uh, there was times when oh my goodness, like I honestly, and I don't want to um, I don't want to make this a negative and sad podcast, but there was times when I not only just regretted moving down, but I you know didn't know what I wanted to do with my whole life, and didn't know you know, wow. you know I was in a pretty bad place. I had a lot of injuries. I came down there, and I was immediately plague by injuries I had torn by uh, torn tricep. I, I had some really really serious blood clot issues. Mm. Um and they sort of they sort of took up a large part of my COVID when I was um and and I with those blood clot issues I, eventually I found a, an excellent surgeon and that's a whole another story. But we yeah. we got them fixed and then um uh that was what got me to Melbourne and, and then now I sort of I sort of immersed myself um, and i i was just living and breathing mma i didn't have another job i was just coaching and um and you know being down there with with that, with that level of fighters and yeah you know, i always find you the example of the five people that you you spend the most time with yeah. um and down there i was spending my my time with some of the most determined um and successful athletes in the country so uh yeah. it can't be yeah you,
0: you know a little bit of that had to rub off surely so
1: it Absolutely was very man. good. Dip,
0: I, got, I definitely got the rub.
1: That's the dip right there. We have
0: had uh, Dan. We've had Dan and Callum Potter on the show previously. Uh, like anyone listening wants to go back and listen to any of our old ones, so I assume yeah. they're the sort of people you're talking about. Do you,
2: I had Dan and Cal, and um, uh, you know one of my best mates down there in Melbourne was Jimmy Crude. And I uh, wish wow. oh, we should get he, him on. Let's go. Yeah. Jimmy Let's get Jimmy Crood on. He's he's a, bloody, he's a bloody legend. And then. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was able to, you know, I had Jimmy in my corner for the one fight and I was in Jimmy's corner over in Jacksonville. And this is the kind of experience and, you know, life and, you know, you, and also you build each other up. And instead of, you know, sitting here and talking about the weather or something, you, you're sitting here and you're breaking down various martial arts techniques strategies and coming up with different outsets and literally my whole perspective especially in the last six to eight months has just changed i i I spent so much time just trying to make not just my martial arts better but myself and my life and my outlook um and that's just basically rubbed off from those around me so it's um it's a good good culture to be around and um, that's those boys at Australian League team as well it's just good people just want you to do well and then there's no way you can go down to such a positive place like that and um, not be a positive person yourself
1: you're amazing man. i'm I'm fascinated to know now with all of this kind of transformation that's going on and your father teaching you be the strongest right has that mindset and i'm not saying that mindset is good nor bad because what he did was he differentiated himself he became an apple in a sea of oranges you know what i mean more than just saying strength is everything but for you does strength is strength the strength trump technique, for example? I don't know, <laughs> it like it kind of does or not. Like, yeah, I'm glad you asked
2: me this now. If you asked me three years ago, I'll be like, You just be the strongest, <laughs> But, um, you know what I'll say, and I'll say, I'll say it's interesting, especially in jujitsu culture, when someone says, Oh, you're just using strength, where I can't touch my toes, and I'll never complain if someone just uses flexibility. Um, so I always think that that's a that's a funny little side note considering you know i've got got chronic chronic flexibility issues and there's guys that can put their knees behind the the head and it is a clear advantage um when it comes to is strength is strength the most important thing no i don't think it is i think i do think mobility mobility is probably the, the most important thing and uh if you're if your body's moving at at peak which may not mean you're the strongest that's okay and i did that i've lowered my my uh, strength, so mm. I use my max bench press when I was in my peak, being the strongest, I'd be able to bench 180 kilos. I can bench about 120, 130 now, but I can do 20 chin-ups, and mm. that's the kind of difference in uh, sort of ideal and you know, and and on the hex squats and the uh, hex deadlifts and the Zercher squats and and that kind of outlook when I'm in my strength training is completely different and a little bit more holistic than it was prior. So, and I wish I had this during my judo career. I wish I had this knowledge and this outlook, but I didn't. I used to just, you know, lift weights and combine. Yeah, (laughs) I've got a lot of tendon issues because of that. Anyway, got it. Uh,
0: We are heading towards the end of of our time here, but we always, pretty much always, ask our guests how they got started in in jujitsu. So for you, was it kind of organic? Like you started judo first, and then uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so I
2: started judo when I was eight. Um, That was. At the advice of uh, – so I used to hang out in a, lot, a lot of rugby change rooms, obviously, as my dad was playing. Um, and the old strapper there was a black belt in judo, and he said, do some judo. Uh, it'll help your rugby. And I was very lucky that the school I went to um, had a judo program um, at Morris College there in Canberra. So I started judo when I was eight or nine. Um, and I was also very lucky that the moment I walked in the door, my coach um, – Tom Hill and his brothers, Matt and Stephen, Tom won an Olympic, oh, sorry, Commonwealth Games gold medal and went to Sydney Olympics. Um, and Stephen coached at this uh, Sydney Olympics. And, uh, and so their whole family was sort of uh, high level judo. So that started sort of kept me involved in judo and high level very, very, very quickly. Um, and then the transition over from, from uh, judo sort of started to, to MMA. I've said you know I want to fight I love you know judo's not a very glorious like very glorious sport whereas um MMA sort of I like that I've got a pro wrestling love so I like the lights and the, <laughs> that's why I'm glad I got to fight in one because it's said uh, there the the entrance out there was like something out of WrestleMania um, nice. and I love that and I love I love getting sort of you know in judo I would travel around the world and fight these uh, monsters and no one would care if I win or lose other than my close circle of friends and family. Whereas, you know, I, I could fight and a whole town would be behind me when I fight in uh, mixed martial arts. And then obviously there's so much more reward financially. And um, I just think or more glory fighting in mixed martial arts. So that led to me how I got into jujitsu. Uh, the adjustments for the adjustments for the gi to no gi is one thing. The, the adjustments for judo to MMA were huge. Um, so there's no no gi judo well there is I do it here but um, for me to make the adjustments I needed to do jiu-jitsu um, jiu-jitsu is much closer to MMA than judo will ever be so I've got a great base in judo um, and a base that you know not many people are willing to put 15 you know 20 years of blood and tears into but I um, I started doing jiu-jitsu then um, and like anything I feel is the best way to Get better at something is to compete. Um, I compete. I'll compete at the state titles all the way through. to I'll, I've got the, I've got a super fight against uh, Josh Saunders, the ADCC veteran, on uh, Fusion in March. I, yeah. I love competing, and any chance I get for the rest of my life, I'll be dragging my um, dragging my old soul onto the mat and just doing what I can. So uh, that's what got me from so the mainly just to make the adjustments for MMA. Um, But now I've got a whole lot for jiu-jitsu as as its entity as itself because jiu-jitsu is going to be the one that I can do until I'm 80, not MMA and not judo. Um, I've sprung the floor here. There's high density foam under here. So I can, I can definitely do a little bit more judo, but Uh, jiu-jitsu is the best one because you can pick the pace you can pick the partners um it's a lot less impact on the body and I also feel like it's it's a thinking man's game so I can actually really really find sort of the avenues I want to explore I've barely even gone down the leg lock sort of path yet Mm. um and these are the sort of things that when I retire from MMA I'm looking forward to sort of you know taking new branches in my martial arts journey and seeing what seeing what unfolds and I also yeah i'm not too handy on the mats now so i'm also handy like looking forward to seeing seeing uh, who i can test my skills against in the next couple of years on the
1: jujitsu mats man that is
0: awesome, awesome. I, I that's love, good I for just, a strange jitsu i like to hear that
1: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, exactly like, like my parents bang on about how tennis is something you can play till you die right and i'm like <laughs> i feel like that about jujitsu as well like i feel like yeah, like you go to world classes or something like that there are like 80 year old Dudes and dude getting out there and throwing down, albeit slowly. And you know, but yeah, yeah, you know, they're still going for it in their own way. And this is the thing: you can you can do that. So I'm agree. How old are you now, man? I agree. I'm 33. Okay, cool. Wow, 33. Awesome. So well,
2: 33 I feel yeah, 33 feeling 73, but no, 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 no I'm all right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I'm 33, and I, honestly, I can yeah, I don't feel like I feel like I'm in my prime of my career as a sort of a heavyweight, light heavyweight. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of years left. My, my old man didn't play for the Wallabies till I think he was 31, 32 um, and, and, and like I said, I wasn't the, the the talent and prospect that sort of just popped out of nowhere. I, um, I've i just been edging my way towards this so I, I think if... Uh, I've got all the skills, and I've got it. I've got it all the all the things in one piece now. So now I get to just enjoy it, and that's all I do now. I just enjoy every moment of it. It's my job now, so um, I get to share it. I get to share the knowledge that I spent with a lot of sacrifice, and um, hopefully, you know, the next generation don't have to sacrifice as much as I did because I want to put it all in one place for them here in Canberra. So that's one one thing I'm enjoying, and I'm enjoying coaching, just to, probably more than I ever thought I would. So it's wow. definitely a uh, rewarding thing jiu-jitsu so
1: yeah let's go in a road trip and dojo storm please, please do. everybody, and let's get down and have some fun to roll too. come down
2: yeah i'd love that odyssey there's always a spot on the mat for you guys here and for anyone anyone traveling through i i know that canberra isn't the hottest destination for people in melbourne but um if you're ever coming through come check it out because i this this facility's a little bit different and pretty flash so yeah. it's it's a bad, have a
1: look. people like you there man how can it be a bad place look at you you're a bundle of positive energy man so yeah
2: exactly hey, i'm not the only one there's plenty of good guys here you just got to come and find them
1: cool awesome. we've uh, only
0: got about three and a half minutes to go do you, do you have any parting thoughts any final words for our listeners any advice uh <laughs>
2: yeah I, I always say the same thing it's just that just, just stay consistent and don't quit. That's what I always say to anyone. Um, even when you feel like it's not getting anywhere, you are getting somewhere. Even if you're getting, going, you feel like you're going backwards. Well, that means you're just getting used to a bit of adversity. So, um, I honestly, I honestly think that's and jiu jitsu is the, like I'm. I'm almost a little bit pushy with my mates. That once I get them involved, I sort of just keep pulling them back in, pulling them back in. Then I don't have to worry. Um, so yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would say. And I would say enjoy it. And I would say always be nice.
1: Wise words from Duke Didier, everybody. What a fucking legend you are, man. Sorry, I don't normally speak I'm super pumped <laughs> That's up okay. That.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, we've uh, like got this pleasure. episode out in about two weeks or so. If you could share it um, on your of social course. media, that of would course. really help our audience. And um, anybody, oh, if you're it. ever in Canberra, head down there, Progression, yeah. and uh, you'll be well looked after. And good luck for Fusion coming up in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, we'll be cheering for you.
2: thank you so much for having me guys awesome thank Thank you thank you see you guys